We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. And a miss. That's number five for Giolito. Change up, down and away. Located impeccably. It starts in. Look at feet away. And another strikeout for Giolito. Six in three innings. First pitch swinging. Skies one to deep right field. Tatis going back onto the warning track. He looks up and it is gone. A two-run homer for Jake Berger. And a tie game. 2-2 here in the fourth. And the 0-1 to Berger, swung on, sky to center field. Zavala turning around, racing back, looking up. This one gonna go. Top of the batter's eye in center field for Jake Berger. Second home run of the day, and that one was quite a blast. Hayden Wesneski goes to work. He's pitched so very well so far this spring. Swing and a miss, strike three. Swing and a miss, strike three. Wesneski got Rojas to chase a pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Speaking of swinging, Muncie fans, that's 11 in a row set down by Wesneski. And now the one-two. Just inside. Check swing, did he go? Yes, he did. It's another strikeout for Wesneski, who strikes out the side. There's a drive to left. Going back, Martinez near the wall. That ball is gone for a home run. A line drive, home run to left for Jan Gomes. Here's a fly ball to center. Well hit off the bat of Tottenham. Back toward the warning track near the wall. That ball is gone. Alex Vessius, first batter, hits a long home run just to the left of dead center. Morell hits a high drive deep left field. This ball's got a chance. Long gone. Get out the tape measure for Christopher Morell. That cleared the back wall. Hit and Run, Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. Oh, welcome in, everyone. On a Sunday morning, middle of March. It's not quite the middle. It's not quite the Ides. But next Sunday, it'll be after the middle of March. It'll be St. Patrick's Day weekend already. And this Friday, let's see if my math is right. This Friday will be... Or is it this Thursday? This Thursday will be two weeks from opening day. That's how close we are. Two and a half weeks or so from opening day of the baseball season. And what's crazy is how many players are going to have to adjust back to the new rules after playing with the old rules in the World Baseball Classic. Good morning, everybody. It's Speaks with you on Hit and Run along with Sean Sears. And we're going to have some fun today. There's so much to talk about. There's a ton of Cubs, a ton of Sox, but also, man, the World Baseball Classic has invaded and it is getting really, really, really good. So we'll talk about that in a second. But in that open, you heard Oscar Colas hit his first home run of the spring. 
and he felt great about it. It was an absolute bomb. That kid has been raking and has a lockdown hold on the right field job for the White Sox, which he was given every chance to win. He has certainly not lost it. That's for sure. You heard three Cubs home runs in an inning. Gomes and Talkman from Palatine, who may make this team because of the Seiya Suzuki injury that basically confirmed yesterday um, Seiya missing opening day and starting on the injured list was basically confirmed. And Christopher Morell, who most of us assume is a utility guy on this team, unless David Bodie has anything to say about it, or do they both make the team? What a Nick Madrigal. Oh, the questions. There's so many questions. You also heard Lucas Giolito in there. And you heard Hayden Wesneski in there. That kid was nasty yesterday against the Dodgers at Camelback. And what I liked even better was Wesneski after the game saying, yeah, you know, these guys haven't seen me. And it's a split squad game, essentially. So... Yeah, I mean, the results are good, but it's really not about the results. That kid has a good head on his shoulders. He's his toughest critic, man. I love it. Yeah. That that dude should win the fifth starter job, and I cannot wait to see what kind of season he puts out there with that excellent stuff. We learned a lot about him last week in talking to Daniel Moscos. We'll talk to other folks along the way here as well. Coming up at 930, Mike Farron. Mike Farron does Diamondbacks pre and post. But he does everything else as well. Mike Farron is doing play-by-play for Pool A of the World Baseball Classic and will be doing play-by-play for the semifinals and the finals when they move to Florida for MLB Radio. And Mike has uh, been around a lot of good baseball and has been in Arizona, obviously, for several years, but is a Chicago guy uh, and a former uh, staffer up the dial, just slightly up the dial, like five ticks. Up the dial. Uh, but looking forward to talking to World Baseball Classic with, with our friend Mike Farron. Chuck Garfine of the Sox Talk podcast and NBC Sports Chicago will join us at 10. Going to play him, uh, among other things, what Don Cooper said about Chuck. But we'll do that later in the interview. We'll, 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 we'll talk. We'll schmooze. I, uh, Chuck's a great dude. Absolutely great dude. I've known him a long, long time. Looking forward to talking White Sox with Chuck at 10. And Lance Brozdowski from the Marquee Sports Network. That's a rising star, folks. He's um, Danny Parkins, my partner during the week, likes to say that he doesn't like Lance because Lance is taller and more handsome and more knowledgeable about baseball than Danny. And I can't deny any of that. Lance is very good. We'll talk uh, all sorts of Cubs things um, with him coming up. And along the way, your phone calls, not merely welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. Throw those phone lines open at 312-644-6767. You can also text the show. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Three cars the Spiegel family has bought from Rosen Hyundai in Algonquin. Cannot recommend them uh, high enough. The entire experience, the service, and the cars themselves. Absolutely a big fan. And, uh, you know, you can also tweet at me, at Matt Spiegel 670 A lot to do this morning. We'll be getting baseball bona fides from all those guests. We will talk about the ugly White Sox story, but just from the pitching perspective, because we got some data points thrown in yesterday. 
and uh, probably going to give you a taste of uh, my 30 favorite ball players from the last 30 baseball seasons here in Chicago, something we've been doing in the afternoon, and I've been um, enjoying an opportunity to to bring you the good ones. They've all been good, but, you know, the ones I really like, bringing those on a Sunday morning. But let's talk about something here. The World Baseball Classic, in reality, is amazing. There are big leaguers everywhere. There are locals everywhere, Sox players and Cubs players everywhere. There is an incredible amount of passion and atmosphere that's been talked about. It's pretty funny yesterday, the hilarious difference between Cubs-Dodgers at Camelback and then you'd flip over to Mexico-Columbia at Chase Field and it was like, oh yeah, what are, what are, what are we actually doing here? What, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You have something from the Mexico-Columbia game. Randy Rosarina is built for small tournaments, as you know, by his postseason performance with the Tampa Bay Rays. He uh, came up in that game against Columbia with a chance to tie it uh, with Mexico down two. Big moment with a Rosarena at the plate. First base is open. One, two, liner, deep, left, gone! It's tied! First base was open. The Romero got in front of him right away, 0-2. And the, the home run sombrero and a 3-3 game. So a Rosarena doing that. I mean, if you woke up early enough yesterday to watch uh, Japan against the Czech Republic, 55,000 people going absolutely ballistic from start to finish, no matter what the score is. Uh, yes, they were louder when things happened. They know the game. They know what they're watching. But my God. And if you've got a kid you've been trying to get into baseball, and I speak from experience, it breaks my my heart on the regular, just how little my son would like to watch baseball with me. We're going to get him there. We're going to get him. I, I don't know, man. There's been so many moments where I think we're getting close. Field of Dreams game. Um, I brought him to that, and that was easily the most engaged I've ever been with him at a game, so it's still a chance. He's 11. Um, but, man, he was electrified. And he loves Japanese anime, so maybe that's part of it. Electrified by the Japanese crowd. The crowd um, in Taiwan for Chinese Taipei. And there's a game going on there right now. In fact, are we final? Did Italy just beat the Netherlands? They did. I believe that is a final. Okay, so 7-1, to one, Italy beats the Netherlands, and in all likelihood, they will advance from that crazy pool. But anyway, point is, atmospheres, bananas, you know that. But here's what I didn't realize. What an all-day companion this thing is going to be. You wake up, and there's games in Asia. In the middle of the day, there's games in Florida. And then at late night, there's games in Arizona. This is an NCAA tournament vibe this weekend. It is March Madness, and this is the madness I choose, people. This is the preferable madness. Thank you very much. There's Australia upsetting South Korea yesterday morning. They might as well be Austin P or McNeese State, you know? They, uh, they, maybe they're, maybe Italy is going to be Loyola Chicago and make a run. You know? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah, Les. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and some of these early stories, I'm sure there's some of you not thinking you'll check into the WBC till we get later, and that's fine. Do it, do whatever you want. But Shohei Otani showing respect to this Czech Republic team, an electrician 
struck out Shohei Otani yesterday. Crazy, right? A full-time electrician from the Czech Republic who loves baseball and wants to play and is part of the team struck out Shohei Otani. I'm watching the USA against Great Britain last night, and they didn't spend any money on their uniforms, did Great Britain. It's black block letters. The I think it's Times New Roman is the font. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it just says Great on the top and Britain right underneath it. And I'm um, like, really? Really? So you went to Costco and you got a bag of baseballs and you grabbed the Great Britain uniforms that were on a shelf. But there's a dude pitching, and I end up looking him up. Daniel Cooper is his name. And Daniel Cooper, with that beard, I thought it was Bruce Souter or Bill Cottle. It's like some old English dude with a beard. And there, There's a guy, a dude tripled for, for Great Britain last night. And on his knees, after sliding into third, one of the most exciting plays in baseball. This is against Team USA. On his knees, he um, does the tea drinking celebration. Every team has their thing. Team USA appears to be saluting, right? You pick that up. Guy gets a double. He's out there on second. He looks back to the bench. Every country has their own thing that they're doing. Uh, I saw the kid catcher, Harry Brown. Is that his name? From the Seattle Mariners. Harry Ford, maybe. Um, who is the Great Britain catcher, one of the best prospects in baseball. This thing is loaded with both prospects and Major League Baseball stars. They're all there. Uh, I saw the catcher talking on MLB Network, and he said, yeah, we're not going to tell you what we're going to do is our little celebration. We have a plan. So Knowles, the, uh, the, the, the Great Britain player who tripled, is on his knees, and he holds, holds the hand flat like he's got a saucer and a teacup and takes the teacup off and sips the tea. And I'm like, that is so freaking British. That is phenomenal. Now, if they could only fix those jerseys. The jerseys are horrific. It's pretty brutal, man. They'll be gone soon, man. That's all right. Get 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 out of my world baseball classic. What do you think of the Netherlands pinstripes? Uh, they're okay. They like I thought they'd be cooler than they were. So. You know, but like, but everybody's got their thing, and it's just it's so damn fun, and they care so much. And so, look, there's the all-day companion. There's the great small stories of the early rounds. There's the madness of pool play. So now that the that Italy has won, Italy will probably go on with Cuba. If the Netherlands had won this game today, we were looking at a five-way tie in that pool. Every team at 2-2 two and two and the tie-breaking procedures would have happened. But there's also this. When we talk about the World Baseball Classic, I don't think we, we give it enough sort of soft factor respect in terms of maturing players. Like, we're, we talk about Team USA in the NBA like that. Man, Zach Levine made Team USA. I wonder if that'll help him take the next leap, the superstar leap. These guys want to be here and play their very best, and there's a great oral history of how Team USA came together because this team is stacked. Team USA last night... The nine-hitter for Team USA is Jeff McNeil. He led the majors in hitting at 326. He's the nine-hitter on Team USA. I think Trey Turner hit seventh last night. Mookie and Trout up there, obviously, in Real Muto. And then Goldschmidt and Arenado and Emmanuel here from in a moment because there's local ties that, that tug at the heartstrings. 
But Goldschmidt and Arenado played in 2017, and they were so into it. Here's what Arenado said about his experience in 2017. Quote, I remember after playing in it, I was like, man, I want to continue to prepare and continue to be as good a baseball player as I can so I can get the opportunity to do that again. That's Nolan Arenado thinking about the big picture of his life and career. He wanted to be a no-brainer choice in 2023 to do it again. And he plays with, with Goldschmidt there. These bonds that get formed, and then you recruit each other for free agency. That is part of why teams are letting their guys do it as well. But there is a benefit to, like, hell, Matt Mervis on Team Israel or Owen Casey on Team Canada. I saw Jose Ruiz of the White Sox in a big moment um, last night for Venezuela. And showing up strong, his changeup looking dominant. It's like, look at that. Look at Jose Ruiz. He's going to hit the year with more confidence if he has a good run here for Venezuela. So there's so many excellent factors. The one negative in my mind is that they're using the old rules. The new rules need to be in there. It's the only downside I see. I get why they are not. I I would assume that they'll be there next time, but I don't know because we'll start dealing with an international situation versus an MLB situation. We will. Remember the trapezoidal zone for international basketball? You know, and some of the different rules that continue to exist. When you've got teams coming from all over the world, you can't just impose MLB rules. That'll be an interesting conversation for next time. I do know that the games are longer. And while it's been awesome and exciting, I I find myself really wanting to see how it would fit in under the new rules. But it's a little too much to ask right now as all these guys are playing with such passion. I told you it was local. It looks like Cuba is going to get in after a bad 0-2 start to their World Baseball Classic, and they just couldn't hit a lick. Um, One guy has really picked up the offense for Cuba ahead of of all the others, and it's Yoan Moncada. Going to challenge him 3-2. On the way to Moncada. Crushed. Deep to right. Yoan Moncada... Leaving the yard. Moncada with three hits in their win yesterday. And Moncada has turned it on, and now Cuba will advance. So, look, there's no more important player in the uh, White Sox 2023 plans than Yoan Moncada. And we'll talk to Chuck Garfine about this at 10. To me, That's the dude. If he bounces back and is a good version of himself, then you'll know a few things. A, all of a sudden you'll be getting some runs produced from the left side and it will matter. B, the motivational demands that Pedro Grafol and a new coaching staff are putting on these guys will be working for some. And if it works for Moncada, it should work for more. Because that dude needs to wake the F up and, and, and play like his career depends upon it. Because in a lot of ways, the White Sox need him desperately. He's got a, he's got a huge contract. He's a made guy. 
but you can't play like some made guy coasting your way through MLB. So anything like this that helps light a spark and they failed for two games, now maybe he and Luis Robert wake up a little bit and then they come back with that little chip added to the chip that they ought to have from being an embarrassment last year is only a good thing. And then last night, stacked Team USA, and it's a 2-2 game. Great Britain had pulled ahead, then Team USA tied it up. And then this guy, this freaking guy, we should have guessed, looking back, we should have guessed that he was the one who was going to resonate more than any others as the Cub that got away. He may have gotten that one. Young is back. And it's gone. All the way over Pool C. Who was that call? That was not Joe Davis. Maybe uh, Is that a Great Britain guy? What the hell is that? I don't know. Joe Davis was exciting last night. Come on, Sean. Come on, man. He's Babe effing Ruth. That's what we were told so long ago about Kyle Schwarber on his way up. And look at him. He's not Babe Ruth. Nobody's ever going to be Babe Ruth. But damn, he's imposing. He's still that quiet, hulking presence at the plate. And he hits bombs. Bombs, I say. That one was just an absolute blast. Schwarber uh, post-game on television with our friend John Paul Morosi talking about how memorable this one was. He's uh, he's good in big moments and postseason moments. You might remember this, folks. How often have you cleared the pool here in games before? I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, you know, definitely a cool moment, though, you know, with uh, wearing this jersey, things like that, and being able to play with these guys is a cool moment. Kyle Schwarber is the Cub that got away. Javi Baez was the most fun to watch. Um, Chris Bryant was the most well-rounded. Anthony Rizzo was the guy that you thought was really going to be here, like Ernie Banks, part two or something, heart and soul. Uh, Addison Russell obviously turned into a personal and then a professional disaster. Wilson Contreras, really good Cubs run. And off he goes, and maybe you've got your feelings about that. That's one that I've talked about ad nauseum, I understand. Non-tendering Kyle Schwarber and losing him for nothing. And then watching him just continue to be dependable, left-handed power in a sport where you need it desperately. And be a beloved teammate, the kind of clubhouse presence that people want to play with the guy that, that that Dave Dombrowski is putting on a podium when he signed and saying, we wanted this guy because he's going to help us be better in the house. He's going to help the Phillies be better all the way around. The guy that Bryce Harper, Harper loves. The guy that all these Team USA guys want to play with. A culture provider just by being himself. Crazy. It's Kyle freaking Schwarber. And... uh I have 20 bucks on Kyle Schwarber to win the home run title this year in MLB on FanDuel. It, it, one of these years, that dude is going to be healthy all year, and he's going to hit like 55 home runs. It's, it's going to happen one of these years. How many did he hit last year, Sean? 46. 46. Yeah, so maybe this is the year he hits 55. I mean, th- that's a dude who could hit 60. It is. One of these years. 
He's he, hit seventy three home runs since he left the Cubs. It 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 he he looks like he looks like a lefty Harmon Killebrew to me. As I was growing up, and I didn't watch Harmon Killebrew, but I saw the highlights and I'd read all about him. Is like this squat little powerful twin, just destroying baseballs. My God. I know we already decided on Babe F and Ruth because the scout Stan Zielinski did, and then Theo Epstein did, and everybody did. But I, I should we have guessed that that would be the one that resonates? And maybe I'll throw this open to the callers later on in the show. That that's the one that resonates as the Cub that got away. Should we have guessed? Maybe, and I'll tell you why. The dependability and stability and need of left-handed power. Every team needs it. Every team dreams of it. A left-handed run producer, Steve Stone, has talked about it on both sides of town for decades. And there he was. And it turns out, as you knew when he was here, he busts his ass and he's a quick learner. There's actually there's positional flexibility. You can use Kyle Schwarber at left field or at first base. He's survivable at first base, folks. And, of course, the DH is everywhere. You knew the DH was coming. They kept waiting for it. Didn't want to let him go. But then they did that. Oh, man, that one, that one leaves a mark. Kyle Schwarber has now hit home runs in the American League wildcard game, the National League wildcard game, the ALDS, the NLDS, the ALCS, the NLCS, the World Series and the World Baseball Classic. Is that true? That's from a texture and I just read it out loud. ALCS? That's that's true. Yeah. For the for, for the, the Red, Red Sox? Sox against the Yankees. He smoked it against Rizzo. Oh my god. That's insane. Yeah, I That's I, insane. I freaking hate it, man. I'm he hasn't homered to the All-Star game yet. Slacker. Come on, Kyle. Don't you hate it? Does, no, I hate it. Doesn't it drive you nuts more this than is, any of them? This is the one that pisses me off the most. Like, I love Chris Bryant. I love Anthony Rizzo. Kyle Schwarber has a place on this roster right now. Oh my god, he's got a place on any roster in Major League Baseball. Any roster. And it's a manageable contract, too, overall. You're right, man. And like you said, he's a great team play, teammate. He's not a guy that's going to come to the clubhouse and mess anything up. He's going to vibe with everyone. Yeah. Like, he's just a guy you love. He's a freaking show choir, dude. How do you not love Kyle Schroeder? <laughs> <laughs> he was in show choir. I tried to talk about that with him so many times. He wanted no part of my ass. I, I can understand that. No part of my ass. He looked good in that suit, though. Yeah, man. he did. Um... Texter says the one that got away was Nick Castellanos because Schwarber and Hayward were locked in at the corners. Yeah, there were other reasons that Castellanos got, got away. Yeah. Castellanos had, had a great vibe. Castellanos was beloved. Castellanos made people feel bad about what they were not at the time. And it was not an apple cart that they decided uh, to upset. And in retrospect, I wish they had. It is Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. It is hit and run. We will talk about that with you later on. Um, lots of White Sox news with Chuck Garfine at the top of the hour. Cubs prospects and more with Lance Brzezdowski from Marquee at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Um, I've got all kinds of nuggets and things to discuss with you and looking forward to it. But our friend Mike Farron, who did play-by-play for the World Baseball Classic Games in Arizona. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And we'll be doing it all the way through the finals in Florida. Joins us next on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Marker to write their numbers on their jerseys. Hold the third, and that's going to tie this game. Nolan Arnato drives home Paul Goldschmidt, and the two returners from the 2017 championship squad combined to get USA on the board here. You know, Nolan, I know you talked about the performance in the last WBC and how that was maybe the first time you had a playoff atmosphere. Now that you've been through the postseason a few times, you won the WBC championship. Is it easier to slow things down in an event like this? Oh, for sure. I think it's easy to slow down. And uh, listen, man, I got the best protection in the game. You know what I mean? I mean, one through nine, you know, so the stress is not there. It's uh, just play my par, have good at bats, and then pass the, you know, move the line over. You know, just move the line to the next guy because uh, Schwarber's hitting behind me and he got the big swing. But, uh, you know, we got Jeff McNeil, the batting title guy, hitting ninth right now. All right, that's how good we are. So we just got to continue to just have confidence in who we are. It is Spiegs here with you on 670 The Score. And the voice you just heard was Nolan Arenado. The voice you heard before that was Mike Farron. Longtime assistant producer at WGN in the early 2000s, Mike. I mean, that's really the calling card on the resume. You, you understand that that's, yeah. that that's number one. You're all right with that. Yeah, I had to, I had to get a lot of coffee and dry cleaning for Cap and Waddle. So. <laughs> um, number two now on the list of credits for Mike Farron, play-by-play man for the World Baseball Classic on MLB Radio. I mean, the truth is you've done everything. You have uh, done... Um, you, you've done the Futures game. You've been the on-site host for the World Series, for the All-Star game, for the Home Run Derby, for every level of the playoffs, and for the winter meetings, and you're, 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 you're calling Arizona Diamondbacks play-by-play. So you're an established baseball play-by-play man and multi-level baseball person. How's this thing so far that you're getting to call out there in Arizona? How was the atmosphere yesterday for your games, sir? Yeah, so, so yesterday afternoon was the first time I'd ever been able to attend a WBC game. And of course we ended up with 30,000 fans. It sounded like 300,000 fans from Mexico and Colombia. And you're like, I mean, it was awesome, dude. Like I'm like, as great as the the crowd was for team USA last night, and they had nearly 40,000 in chase field. And it's going to be even better tonight against Mexico. That game yesterday afternoon, you had a close game, you had an upset and you had Oh, probably two thirds of the crowd or three quarters of the crowd, Team Mexico fans, and it had this you know kind of winter ball feel to it, and that um, it was loud, it was noisy, there was music, there were drums, there was horns, it was epic, and it just made me like I wish we could do that 162 nights a year, you know what I mean? Like yep. we need to bring back the old Royal Rooters or whatever from the yeah, Dead Ball era. Like it was, it was crazy. It was great. Um, I'm exhausted, and I've only got four more days of double headers. But man, it is good exhaustion. <laughs> That's what it's about, man. It it is. It feels like March Madness on TV. 
It really does. Yeah. Like from from the the games in Asia in the early morning to the late games in Arizona yesterday was like all day. It was just it was a companion on my television all day. I had to go two screens at one point um, as I'm bouncing around, and then like I wanted to watch a movie or something at some point, but I'm like I can't turn that off. So I, I, I had to I had to have it on. And Mexico Colombia was bananas. You're right. Mexico USA tonight should be crazy. Because for anybody who doesn't realize and thinks, well, this is just about the USA and the Dominicans and the, the Japanese, Mexico is loaded. Venezuela is loaded. Either one of yeah. those teams could easily make a run and win this thing, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the other part of it is that, like, Mexico is desperate now, right? Like, it's, I mean, two of the favorites to get out of, well, I guess one of the favorites to get out of Pool C and one of the favorites to get out of Pool D, which is the one that's happening in Miami, both lost last night, you know, so, you know, Mexico is going to be playing this game in front of close to 50,000 fans, screaming fans at Chase Field tonight with a lot of pressure on them. Um, you know, if they start 0-2, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the end for them, uh, but they would feel a lot more comfortable going in a 1-1 one and one and having one of those victories being over Team USA. I think it would certainly increase the odds of them you know, making it to the knockout stage. So, I think that's part of it. And listen, like the Dominican losing to Venezuela, like that's not that that's a huge upset in the sense Venezuela is a very good team, but like the Dominican was probably the second favorite behind Japan to win this tournament and they lose the opener. And, um, you know, that was a huge night with, with um, the Venezuelan offense getting to the reigning Cy Young award winner. So um, it's already, like already we've seen some craziness and, I uh, love the upsets and uh, excited to see what happens today. That Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara, part of the ridiculously stacked Dominican team, says um, last night after the game said that he feels pitching in the World Baseball Classic helps him get ready for the season and that it means a lot to him to give 100% for his country. That's after giving up all those runs. It, it's, it's, it's amazing the way that everyone has embraced this and it's kind of working into the fabric of MLB spring training. And I'm sure there's going to be some problems. Some people get hurt and people complain or whatever. But this is just so undeniably healthy for the game overall and seemingly healthy for the players. Like, they're passionate immediately for these couple of weeks. I, I, yeah. that, that it's, and the way that Arenado and Goldschmidt talk about how they wanted to be part of this team after doing it once in 2017, Arenado's like, I want to be a pro and be great so I can do this again. This is, there's a lot of motivation for these guys. It's going to make yeah. them better MLB players, don't you think, Mike? Well, I, th- I think so, too. I mean, like, when, especially when you hear, like, like, there's a couple things in that to unpack. Like, Mike Trout felt like he missed out when he turned down going to 2017 and was like, right away, like, I'm in the next time we do it. And I had to wait six years, but Trout's finally in that, that has that opportunity. And I think, you know, to your point about this excitement and the way Sandy Alcantara felt, like this event has grown a lot in 17 years. I mean, just listening to the difference in, in talking to Mark DeRosa and Buck Martinez is doing the world feed here. He remember managed the first U.S. squad in the WBC and talking to them a little bit about what it was like in the early stages of it versus what it is now. I just think there's a greater appreciation from the players. You know, that it was, it kind of felt like 25 guys, 25 buses, you know, that old adage yep. in the early days of it. And now it's like, these guys are coming together quick on all these sides. And, you know, and then there's another element to it, which is like, there's a ton of human interest in here. Like great Britain's manager is a marketing executive. You know, <laughs> I mean, like he's basically like helping to run the, the, the like, 
Uh, we got a tweet about this this morning. Like everybody's making fun of Great Britain's uniforms last night. Yeah, their entire budget for the year for the British Baseball Federation is twenty five thousand pounds. That's like fifty grand. There are travel ball teams that have budgets that are ten times wow. the size wow. of what the British Baseball Federation has. So they're not investing in uniforms. And Drew Spencer, who's their manager, was tells the story. It's like we've come a long way from like not being sure whether or not the uniforms are going to show up for a tournament and having to discuss whether we're going to use a Sharpie or tape to put numbers on the back. That's... So, like, that's unbelievably cool. Like, and here they are. Like, Daniel Cooper is the captain of the team. This guy hasn't played in pro ball since 2011. He's been in 12 international events. He threw two innings and, like, struck out Trey Turner yesterday. Like, <laughs> this guy's working for a tech startup. Like, that's cool as hell. Uh, that is amazing. I already mentioned Daniel Cooper today because when he got out there with that beard, I'm like, is that Bruce Souter? Is that Bill Caudill? <laughs> like, like yeah. who, who are we, what are we looking at here? It's like, looked like a 70s, you know, three-inning closer um, out there. And it's funny because then I clicked on him. On uh, and, and on the MILB app, Daniel Cooper comes up, and the only transactions are international ball since, like, 2014. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, God, he was that... working as a Nordstrom associate, like, three years ago. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, oh dude. Like, he, I mean, you can LinkedIn stalk the guy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. He's an awesome dude. Like, I spent some time with him yesterday, and he's just, like, he's so excited. Like, just listening to him talk about, you know, they, they were one of the teams that had to qualify, right? So, like, the top 16 teams got in and then there were four qualifiers so nicaragua was one of them um i believe china was one um the czech republic is one uh and then great britain they were down like four to nothing to spain who has a much more established baseball program down eight three like in the middle innings and came back to win that qualifier final yeah to get here and just talking to him about it six months later he's like man i've got chills he's like it's just it was such a special experience for these guys who get to live out their dream like one more time. Oh my God. I, I love I love the prep that puts that stuff in your mind. And this is why we call Mike Farron, who's doing World Baseball Classic Games for MLB Radio. Um, to, to, to the point about Mexico or Venezuela being as good as anybody and able to make a run. Last yeah. night, Mexico, or yesterday, that great Mexico Columbia game, Randy Rose Arena. A World Series, or, or excuse me, an ALCS MVP. Alex Verdugo, who's a terrific contact hitter for the Red Sox, one-time huge prospect for the Dodgers. Joey Manises of Washington, who they absolutely love. Rowdy Telez, who had 35 homers for the Brewers yesterday. Luis Arias, the former Padre and Brewer. Isaac Paredes. And by the way, it's Julio Arias starting. And then there's Giovanni yeah. Gallegos of the Cardinals in to maybe close a game or pitch late. And I'm like, this team could beat absolutely anybody in a short tournament. Yeah. It, 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 team USA is is up for a, a very tough test tonight. Yeah, they are. They are. And that team lost yesterday, remember? I mean, that's yes. the other thing. It's yes. like all those guys appeared. Rosarina had a big game, and they lost. Yeah, I mean, this is not going to be easy. And listen, this is this is – this is a rivalry game, right? Probably more so for the Mexico Baseball Federation than it is for Team USA. But I think when you get the energy in that ballpark, you're going to realize that it, it's it's special. You know, I was talking to a former Diamondbacks executive the other day who said that when he worked for them, he worked for the team for nearly 10 years, said in 2013, the U.S.-Mexico game there was his single favorite event that he worked when he was in the organization. And it's because it was the biggest crowd, I think, in Chase Field history. Like, it was unbelievable what they had. 
And there have been a couple of crowds that have been like that in the what eight years that I've been out here and the six that I worked for them. Um, there was a Saturday night game in particular that I've mentioned a reference a bunch over the last month, but it was 50,000 people against the Dodgers. It was Mexican Pacific League night, which is, you know, one of the Mexican baseball leagues. And because they're on the Pacific coast, they've got a good relationship with the Diamondbacks organization. So they always had a night. They also happened to be doing a pub crawl in that <laughs> afternoon, which is a great idea in August in Phoenix to do a pub crawl indoors in a domed stadium, like, cause you're not going to go outside. Right. Yeah. So there were 50,000 people there for a Saturday night game against the Dodgers. And it was mariachi bands and drums and like, it was incredible. So yeah, it's a talented team. The environment is going to be different. It's going to feel a little bit more like postseason games, which means that, you know, like Kyle Schwarber is probably going to hit two bombs because that's all that guy does in big games. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I shared that, that info from the first segment that he's now homered in the wild card game in both leagues, the DS in both leagues, the CS in both leagues, the World Series, and the World Baseball Classic. And, oh, by the way, probably should have won the home run derby uh, at least yeah. once, maybe even twice got jobbed. In the home run derby, it's it, it's crazy how he resonates as the as the cub that got away. I want to ask you about another local, Mike Farron. Um, have you interacted much with Tim Anderson? He's one of those guys coming off a bad year and a very bumpy year, frankly, um, personally, that could use a great atmosphere like this and being around great pros and kind of a reminder of where he stands because his swagger was gone last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to Tim in White Sox spring training. We were there, and listen, like he's like he's pretty accountable for you know what went wrong last year. He's like, listen, we had high expectations last year and we didn't meet them. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but yeah, he's like, it was a disappointing season, and you know, for him, a lot of it was driven by injury, right? So, you know, he takes it upon himself to go to drive line to work on his swing. He takes it upon himself to try and find ways to improve, to get back to being the guy. And, you know, Mark DeRosa was sharing a story with us yesterday before the game about Anderson and like just some of the confidence of some of these guys. Right. And Anderson, the first couple of days in BP was hitting in group three and then he was hitting in group two. Right. And group one is usually like stars. Right. Yeah. Anderson walked up to him and he said, by the time we get to Miami, I'm going to be in group one. Yeah. Like he's just the real deal. He's like everything about Tim, Tim Anderson is authentic he said he loves him like he's like that was he's like that got his attention he's like all right tim anderson came to play so i don't think he's screwing around i think you know a lot of the white Sox fortunes probably depend on having a healthy anderson and a, and a productive offensive anderson and he knows that and i think he he doesn't shy from that moment which is one of the things i really appreciate about him. yeah you know and and th- that's that's great i love that anecdote i also love yoan Moncada um for cuba you know, finding it and and yeah. lighting that offense on fire the last two games after a terrible Ooh, start. It didn't look good the first two games Woo! from Mankata, so that was a big. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a that's a big deal, and it's a very very important player. All right, you've got the doubleheader before you get to Mexico and USA tonight. You've got Great Britain and Canada. I assume Daniel Cooper's going to throw another few innings just because you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Team Canada, you got you got Owen Casey. Um, the Cubs prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Freddie Freeman on on Team Canada, right. uh, and and Cal Quantrill is is he going to pitch for them uh, today? Cal Con- Cal Quantrill. I haven't even to be honest, man. I haven't even looked at the pitching matchups yet. I'll get to that. I figure I'll get yes. to that in a little bit. You're it's fine. Just, it changes a little bit, right? Yeah. From 
like, like <laughs> MLB announced that Daniel Cooper was starting yesterday. I went to him and he's like, so are you going to start this? He goes, well, no, I don't know where anybody got that. He's like, it was always going to be Vance Worley, you know? So, huh. um, so you can't uh, believe what you read on the internet, I guess. Right. Yeah. But, I, I was just um, referencing Quantrill as like thoroughly legit MLB caliber starting talent for Canada who no one expects yeah, to yeah. advance. You know, I, mean, I think it's, yeah, Quantrill's the scheduled starter. So like it's, like Canada's team is maybe down a little bit from a talent perspective from where it normally is. They are not considered one of the favorites to get out of this pool. Um, they have a couple of players. You mentioned you know, Casey performed well in the fall league. I think he started to open some eyes. I think he's yet to tap into his power, but he's an exciting guy. Um, you know, Freeman obviously gives them a legit middle of the order threat. Um, they have a lot of players with domestic professional experience and, you know, not quite as many star-level big leaguers as Mexico, but they have a lot of guys who have played in the big leagues and have had some success there. So, And, and then they've got some cool stories of guys like you may remember, like Philippe Oman, who retired and went to go like work on a farm in Quebec mm-hmm. <laughs> after 2019. And Adam Lowen, who is, I think, one of my favorite baseball stories of all time, you know, made it to the high pick, top five pick, made it to the big leagues as a pitcher, hurt his arm, went back to the minor leagues, made it to the big leagues as an outfielder, went back down to keep playing, went back to pitching, made it back to the big leagues as a pitcher. Like, it's a really incredible story. His wife was diagnosed with cancer and passed away, and so he had not pitched in affiliated ball in five years, and now he's getting a chance to perform for Team Canada and because his kids had never really seen him play. Oh, wow. Like, those stories. And this is a guy who was like, you know, he was in the big leagues in 2016. You know, so like he's like there are some really cool stories on that Team Canada team. As All well. right, that's awesome, uh, Mike. Real quick, um, if the USA does not advance to uh, the finals in Florida, where you'll be calling the games for MLB Radio, why will it be? Why would they not advance? What's the weakness? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's. I mean, I think starting pitching is probably a little bit down compared to some of the other teams. Um, but again, like there's a 65 pitch limit for starters in this round, so in the end, I don't know how much it matters. I just don't see them not getting to the quarterfinals, right? Like yep. w- once you get to the quarterfinals, then who knows what happens. If you face the Dominican in the quarters, you know, you're going to play – if you if you win this pool, which I fully expect U.S. to do, you're going to face the number two team. Well, if the, the Dominican you know, loses another game yep. and they end up as, the, as the, the two seed, like that's a tough quarterfinal matchup. They're probably going to have to play a team like Japan in the semis. And so the, I think it's more about the matchups that they would have to face mm-hmm. than it is any specific deficiency with them. Their bullpen is really strong. The lineup is stupid. You heard Arenado say it. You've got the batting <laughs> the yep. batting title winner in the National League hitting ninth right yeah. now. And he may not even start like game three because they're going to like, they're just loaded offensively. So I think in the end, Team USA's offense gets going. They cruise through a cool play. They get to probably the semis and then you know then it's a coin flip i mean then the dominican japan those are the favorites and japan yep. looks awfully good right now uh mike thanks so much for the time man enjoy yourself conserve the energy <laughs> I'll do my best. all right thanks, thanks mike that's mike farron uh from mlb radio chuck garfine top of the hour talking white Sox and more on 670 the score it's hit and run hit and run with matt spiegel sundays 9 a.m to noon Everybody important from White Sox camp has been on the White Sox Talk podcast. And not just White Sox. Salvador Perez was on there when the Royals happened to play the Sox. Uh, A whole bunch of the Cleveland Guardians were on there talking about the rivalry with the Sox. And Chuck Garfine and Ryan McGuffey have been doing a great job with that. 
Uh, we will talk to Chuck about that in about five, six minutes right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Lance Brzezdowski of Marquee at 11. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.